Welcome to another week of the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Sincere Hogan, Mike Mahler. That's the dude on the other mic. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. Boy, did we light up a storm with that John Hines episode last week. Talk about our most downloaded episode ever. And we're not even through the end of the month yet. I mean, exactly. that, that episode is going crazy. And it's, it's cool. And it's also very refreshing that we're getting some really awesome feedback where people are going, man, I had no idea about the whole TRX story and people are switching over to John's product. And then there's people going, yeah, I knew all about it. And that's why I switched over a long time ago. So it's, it's been really cool. I have yet to see someone defend TRX, which is what I find really interesting where someone's going, well, look, well, look, you know, I, I still like it. And you know, there's two sides to every story. We still haven't heard that from anyone. You know what, know what's surprising me that TRX has not defended itself in this situation. Cause it's not like they don't know because I made a point to tag them <laughs> when the Twitter, when the Twitter feed went out, I want to make sure that TRX knew about it. So <laughs> trust me, when we talk about these things and bring these things up, it's not like we're doing it behind their backs. We make sure that we include them in the right. conversation and it's up to them if they want to join the conversation. Well, apparently they have not joined the conversation. They've just gone on to try to promote all these high level athletes that are using those little, you know, yarny straps of theirs and just try to act as if it did not happen. Now, right. of course, I want to say, well, maybe you guys are not significant enough for them to address it. You know what? Who cares? The thing, the <laughs> fact of the matter is you keep on marketing to your athletes and we will keep addressing the people that really matter in this. And that's the fitness professionals out there that have to buy this equipment because guess what? These athletes are not going to buy your equipment. You're giving it to them for free and they could care less. They just want free swag. So right. the folks that actually, right, consider, exactly. you know, the real consumer out there is the ones that we're addressing. So yeah, ignore us. Go ahead. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep well, doing I mean, also, doing. you can only ignore <laughs> for so long. I mean, this is early. I mean, the episode came out last week. You know, wait till this episode's been out for six months and it go, starts going viral like crazy. It hasn't even hit the viral point yet where people just start sharing it left and right. And then other shows are going to hear it and they're going to want to have John come on their show and talk about it. You know, who knows? Joe Rogan may hear the episode and say, hey, you know what? That's an inter- interesting episode for my podcast. And he has a huge following. John goes on his show and then they're going to have to start paying attention whether they like it or not. So this... This kind of thing is, in fact, I'm going to recommend it to him. <laughs> I'm going to exactly. recommend that, that John go on his show and right. keep and getting that know, out there. And, and even talking about that, you know, another show that just went out, another thing that we had to address is that we had um, Tyrone Bell on our show from the right. show Spartacus, which oh, yeah. our, our guest today would be very excited about that show. No <laughs> so doubt. we had Tyrone Bell on, and we were, talk, we were addressing all the quote-unquote official Spartacus workout frauds that are online today. You know, right. we even talked about that. And guess what? You know, some of those folks are our listeners. I know a couple of those. those well, there's also 300 frauds as well. And, and we, <laughs> we're, we're privy to a lot of these different stories. And if we can get the people in place to come on our show, I don't want to just drop people's names without getting their permission to come on the show and talk about it. But we're, that's in the works. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to start becoming the 60 Minutes of the fitness world where we just are, are under what, what's the show that does undercover investigations and stuff like that. I don't even know. I don't even have TV anymore. These days, you know, the way it is now, <laughs> the you current affair. Wow. You have not had a television since 1994. I've got stuff to do here. I don't want to see. <laughs> said a current affair. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, back when I was watching TV, Dude. 
first thing that came to my mind was just like newscasters <laughs> with Aquanet in their hair and this big giant hair looking like, I don't know, man, looking like Lita Ford. <laughs> you could, I'm like, come on, a current affair, wow. All right, so yeah, man. The O'Reilly show, I don't know. Whatever, whatever <laughs> show out there just looks for scandals to uncover and bring it to right. light. <laughs> we're going to start going now that we've had a hit episode with John we realize this is what people want they want to hear these kind of shows it's like well guess what I've been in this industry for a long time I've got a lot of dirt on a lot of people man you know we're just going to start going down the list you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it busy for a while people are like what about dirt on you Mike I'm like have you read my book? <laughs> you <know? laughs> There's all the all right there. already buddy good luck I beat you to it you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man there you go so yeah you definitely want to make sure that you want to keep Stay tuned in to every show each and every week. And it's not going to become the, the, the scandal show either. You know, we're going to keep coming content. But, again, you know, we, we said it from the very first day. And you saw it on our banner. You see it on our fan page. It says, bullshitter's discretion is advised. Okay? You know, and I put that on there, put that on, there on the very first day for a specific reason. This is a no BS show. So, right. you know, and the thing is, in this industry, you know, the BS needs to come to light. Because this industry is already going to crap because there's so much crap out there. And, hey, man, why not call, you know, a spade a spade, as Mike likes to say. You know, why not just call it, you know, call it like it is. And the thing is, if it bothers you, fix it, especially if you're the guilty party. Okay? Right. Just fix it, man. Just fix it. So, anyhow, <laughs> so no. on a lighter note, let's get to some more. Let's get to some stuff that's not BS. And yeah. let's talk about some of the things that we have coming up. So yeah, we have we have the ultimate workshop coming up in September and we're going to keep talking about this until September. And basically two words to describe this course, balls deep. <laughs> balls deep, folks. That's all you have to remember <laughs> because we're going balls deep on this course, which means we're not leaving any stone unturned. We're going to make sure everybody is satisfied. Balls and stones. <laughs> Way to go. Way to play the words there, buddy. All day. And then it's going to be night activities, all right? So you can say basically all day, all night. It's going to be a fun course. Las Vegas, September 20, 21. Me, Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, Kim Blackburn, Steve Cotter, all in one course in one weekend. Never going to happen again. Or if it does, not anytime soon. And we may not want it to ever happen again after the four of us work together. You know, so this may be your one opportunity to catch us while we're still friends. We may all hate each other by the end of this course. You know, <laughs> and you may miss out. And that could be fun too if you see that happen. I think it all so comes down to that that planned bar fight, man. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah, we, we plan to have some bonding moments before the fight. I mean, before the course, where we all go out and get into a bar fight in a dirty part of town. But anyway, it's going to be. In- incredible information and we're going to make this a real experience it's not going to just be where you come in and get some training and then everybody goes back to their hotel right afterwards and watches tv until the next day we're going to create yeah watches the current affair at tj hooker all night all right we're gonna we're gonna gonna create some fun nighttime activities we're looking into getting the m casino booked where we can just have a whole hallway of everyone staying at the same casino and then they have different options there for entertainment where we can book one of the bars just for us. We can have a couple of blackjack tables set up where it's just for us, you know, that kind of stuff. And then we can, they have shuttles there that will take you to the Strip. So Las Vegas is the ultimate entertainment town in the U.S. for sure, if not the world. So it's going to be a fun – we want you to have a Las Vegas experience, basically. We're not just doing this course in Vegas because I live here, although that's nice for me. We're doing it because this is a fun place to come to, whether, no matter where you are. It's a fun place to visit going to be a great course and then there's a lot of stuff to do out here so you could make a real vacation out of this rather than just coming for the course and fly home 
come a couple of days early, bring the family, check out some shows, have a good time. Exactly. I actually had one of my online students, man, said like pretty much she was very excited just for the fact that you and I were doing this workshop. But then she saw that Steve and, and Ken are going to be a part of it. She's like, man, this is happening in Vegas. It's kind of like you guys are like the fitness rat pack. I was like, okay. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, that's, I, why, that's why you're part of the tab. Exactly. I'm Sammy. I'm Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frank Sinatra, of course. Anyone who's heard me speak on Facebook knows that I have just a lovely voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure Bruno Mars is knocking at your door for a collaboration on that next album. Man. Yeah, as a matter Matter of fact, Nelly is too. You know, <laughs> Robin Beck. That's why I keep running into these guys in town. <laughs> no, but it's going to be a killer course. And what you want to do is email sincere at llapodcast.com or mike at llapodcast.com. Just write VIP in the subject line, and we're going to add you to our list, which is now up to 65 people. And what that's going to do is give you first dibs on registering at the lowest price possible because we're going to let you have access to the lowest price possible before we blast this out for everyone to sign up. Now remember, we only have maybe 40 spots for this because we don't want to have it so big where you don't have any interaction with us and it's just crowded in there. We want to, we want to limit it so that it's good ratio between instructors and students. So we're going to limit it at, cap it at about 40 people and we already have about 65 people on our list. So I wouldn't be surprised if Honestly, half those people sign up just based on what they have said in the email. And yes, I know people, a lot of people talk and they don't follow through. But I have a feeling about this. I have a feeling that, that people are more serious about this because they've been listening to our show for a while and they hear the enthusiasm. You don't get that when you read ad copy on someone's website. You don't hear the enthusiasm, the passion. And I think people are getting excited just hearing us talk about it because we're excited about it. You know, it's genuine. Yeah. It's not like we're going, okay, sincere, let's go into character and get excited about this course that we could care less about. We're all excited about this. I mean, I can't wait for September to come. It's going to be a blast. Exactly. It'll be here before you know it. So, yeah, get on that list. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also, make sure you hop over to both of our websites. You can hop over to my website, newwarriortraining.com. Type in the coupon code LLA. You'll get 30% off of my physical or digital copy of my bodyweight training DVD, training anytime, anywhere. And guess what? It's actually fun. So it's not just a beat you down type workout, but best believe that it will kick your butt, but you will have fun doing it. And the cool thing about it, it's not just for adults. You can also do this with your, with your kids as well because there's a lot of fun animal type movements that they will enjoy. I've had great feedback from parents who, you know, stay at home moms. Also, I even had parents who have kids who are on the autism spectrum where they said that this DVD really resonated with their kids when they really had a tough time getting their kids to be active that are on the autism spectrum, but this helped them out, and the kids are having fun with that. So that right there is feedback like that that really makes me feel like, okay, I did something right with this. Okay, so just right. going beyond just all the adults that I reach out there, when I get messages like that, that's when I feel like, okay, this DVD is special. So type in that coupon code, code LLA, you'll get 30% off of that, and also you'll get 30% off of my weight management 101 course that is also located on my website. Great feedback from that. I'm seeing a lot of folks going through the modules and really learning. It's very, very interactive, PDFs, audio, video, all these things to help you learn pretty much how your body is working, how to just skip all the fad diets and stop failing at every diet, failing with your training, and understand how your body needs to operate on a daily basis and not talk down on you and try to sound like some 
overly educated scientists and using big words in fitness that you don't understand. And you know what? You just say, screw it. I'll just, you know what? You know, you know two words I really understand? Drive-through. Okay, so yes, those are very easy words right there. So <laughs> you know, compared to, you know, you're, you got to make sure you go through the diverticus, but I got to all these other Latin words that are no longer alive. That's why it's called a dead language. Okay? It killed people trying to understand that stuff. So like I said, this is very, very on the level. You, you understand pretty much how your, how your body works not just everybody's, and you pretty much can make an informed decision for where you're going to go from there, how you're going to eat, how you're going to train, how it's going to work, how you're going to recover, what to do with that. So what I'm doing here is helping you to take your life back in your hands and not hand it over to the frauds out there, you know, like Dr. Oz and all those guys who are on one, <laughs> they're on one little fat diet this week, and then he comes back and bashes it a month later. Then you always see all these Facebook ads, and then you see everything in your Google email saying that, as seen on Dr. Oz. Yeah, and then they need to put on there a month later, as this by Dr. Oz. Okay, so right. this is one of those things that help you avoid all that crap. So, yeah, definitely Dr. check it out, Oz man. And those, those shows like The Doctors, those shows are such a sham. Man. Oh my we should God. have an episode where we just talk about that and – have oh. people come on because they're, they're, whenever I'm at the gym, sometimes those shows are on, right? Just you kind of catch it while you're in between, <laughs> in between sets. And you're just looking up on there and what they're talking about. They're, it, it, first of all, it's the same recycled information every year. And it's not good information either. No. <laughs> you know, because you know, if you actually gave good information, there wouldn't be a show anymore because there wouldn't be anything else to talk about. People would be like, all right, we get it now. We, we applied that stuff. It worked. They just keep giving wrong, erroneous information that never works for anyone, well, and then you just keep people coming back for more bad information. It's the, car- it's the carrot and the horse syndrome. That's why right. so many medical professionals, not all of them, so many of them, you know, the ones who actually know what these things are doing, not the ones who've just been trapped in the doctor's office so long and they're not updated on, on the latest findings out there, but those who do know, and pretty much they're treating all these symptoms. Okay, just symptoms instead of getting right down to the actual root cause of everything. Well, look, if they treated all the symptoms, I mean, excuse me, all the root causes, they would be out of business. Okay, it's just it wouldn't work out for them. So what are they going to do? So, yeah, that's why you see shows like that. And most of those, I mean, they're like celebrity trainers. Celebrity doctors are just as bad as celebrity trainers, man. The majority of celebrity trainers out there, the ones that have no idea what they're doing, the ones that used to work behind a desk at a gym, that they co-owned with someone, and then some producers walked in and said, hey, you want to be on a show? Oh, uh, why not? Okay, because, you, you know, you're pretty, you're cute, you're smart. You know, you know, so, you know, people may resonate with you. Plus, you know, you're not bad on the eye. So, yeah, let's give you a show. And right. that's what ends up happening. Next thing you know, they're celebrity trainers. So right. that's one of the reasons why, you know, and, we're, you know, before we, you know, get too far off here, it's one of the reasons why we have our guests that we have on the show today. But before we do that, Mike, right. let everybody know what they can get at your website. Well, they can use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements as well. And I just got an awesome testimonial from a guy named Mike Greenidge. And Green, I'm looking at his name right now. I think I said it right. Anyway, he's 62 years old, and he's been on, he took a bottle of my testosterone booster, loved it, said it's better than any testosterone booster he's taken before. Ageless male, test 180, elite test 360, HC generate. He said that he took mine, the first dose he took mine, he's like, okay, this is different than everything else. And by, by the time he finished the first bottle, he was ready to go. And, you know, a lot of people were excited by that testimonial because he sent it to me yesterday. I put it up on Facebook, and I kid you not, I had like 20 orders come in within 30 minutes of posting all that stuff. And I have to attribute a lot of that to them because I know how people are thinking. They're going, man, if this old man got those results, 
<laughs> off a bit. I need to get on this thing. And so I knew it was going to be one of those compelling testimonials because when he said it to me, I'm like, okay, here's a 62-year-old guy saying, man, this stuff is badass. That speaks wow. volumes. So I'm going to send him a nice gift basket of some products because you've got, you got, you got to pay it forward, right? This guy helped me sell some exactly. products. Give me a nice testimonial. I'm going to give him a nice little gift. So he's going to he's going to get some nice free products next going out today. Right. So use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my products. My testosterone booster, my recovery oil help you sleep better at night. My Restorezyme help get rid of those aches and pains. Also 10% off any of my other products, my videos, my eBooks, T-shirts, the whole shebang. Even Kim Blackburn's edible underwear. Now you're going to get. 10% off mm. of that. On Sincere's website, you'll get mm. 80% off because he's, he's trying to get rid of all the excess inventory he has on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the difference. Kansas, his edible underwear comes from Be- Michigan. Vegan friendly too, from the folks. Cruel, <laughs> cruelty free. But <laughs> yeah, and mine's coming from the South, so you know it's seasoned well. Okay. <laughs> it's not bland yeah. at all. <laughs> it's not, you can't keep it in the warehouse in Houston for too long, right? That stuff needs to move, you know? <laughs> Oh, and on that note, that's a nice segue to introduce our guest. I, I've known our guest for a while. She's an awesome trainer. And, you know, it's kind of funny because we talk about a lot of women in our industry, and th- there's a lot of women that are kind of the, the Anna Kornikovas of the industry, right? You know, they look great. They don't really have much substance. They're not saying anything new. They're not, they're not great coaches. And, and people just basically, the reason why they have a business is based on the way they look, right? That's, that's really? basically, if we want to be totally blunt about it. Then we got then we've got some women that are rare, but they're the Maria Sharapovas of the industry. You know, they look great, and like Maria yeah. can play tennis really well, they can perform really well, and that's kind of how I look at our guest today, Sabina Scala, who's a top strength coach, based in London, but she's one of the best. Period. And when I say she's one of the best, period, I'm not saying you know she's one of the best female strength coaches. No, she's one of the best. Period. She teaches Olympic lifting better than anyone I've seen, and I've worked with her many times way better than anyone's team. In fact, I was always confused with a lot of the movements patterns with Olympic lifting until I saw her teach it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how that transition happens. And I've seen quite a few people teach it, and I never really got the sequence. Now, I'm not good at Olympic lifting, so it's not part of my training program, but just in terms of seeing the mechanics of it, the triple extension and so forth, she really nails it. And I've seen her take people that have never picked up a barbell for Olympic lifting ever before who really get the mechanics down pretty well just after a workshop with her. So that's pretty impressive stuff because it's not easy to teach that. It's very technical stuff. And then she also works with a lot of people that you don't see a lot of women working with. You know, male MMA fighters. She's had great success with several MMA fighters in the U.K. She works with Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners as well. So a lot, of, a lot of women in our industry tend to gravitate towards other women and focus on that, which I'm not knocking at all. I mean, that's that's – it's kind of a no-brainer thing to do, right? You know, other women, if you look good, other women are going to, you're going to attract other women who want to look like you, et cetera. But it's always impressive when you see a woman who's saying, you know what, I, I look good and I could take that easy path, but I want to go after something that's more exciting. You know, I want to be a strength coach that's well-respected, so I'm going to work with different kinds of athletes and so forth. And she's done a killer job with it. So without any further ado, we've been blabbing on for 20 minutes. She may not even be on the line anymore. She might be <laughs> she snoozing might be right now for all we know. <laughs> she, she gave I'm up here. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> she's Sabina, like, how are you doing? Like, Welcome. You bastards. I just came from Poland. Hurry up, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm still trying not to laugh about Ken Blackburn's edible underwear. So I'm just trying on, to contain myself. <laughs> you won't be the first woman that laughed about that. Trust me. Yeah, we'll thank you. Some sample. 
<laughs> yes, please. The seasoned ones. You might want to start. You might want to add it to that clothing line you're working on out there. Who knows? Could be could be your flagship product. You know? Also, I Sabina, I didn't realize this, but Tyrone told us that you were actually the body double for Soxa on Spartacus. So guys, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to enjoy those. Enjoyed all those 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 new shots. That was actually Sabina you were looking at. It wasn't even it wasn't even Soxa. <laughs> Oh, well, now it's out there, so I'm not going to deny it. Yes, it was. Great, great having you. Thanks for coming on. I'm, we're going we're gonna to get into your background as we talk here, but just to, just to get the conversation going, because I know you're a big, not only are you a big MMA fan, you've actually trained MMA fighters, and you do a great job, and we see so many strength coaches that do such a horrible job training fighters. I mean, we, sometimes we just cringe watching some of these countdown to the UFC episodes where you see some of the regiments people are going through. How did, how did you get into this whole thing, training MMA fighters? Was that something you actively pursued, or you just happened to get one client and it built from there? How did that whole thing happen? And then, how did you, how did yeah. you design a, such effective programs? Um, well, <laughs> it kind of happened over the years. My, um, I was preparing for a strength and conditioning um, coach um, exams and one of the parts of the exams was uh, I had to do a case study and I had to choose an athlete and train him or her for three months and it happened to be a kickboxer uh, so we did a very good job and I really enjoyed it he really enjoyed it and it kind of took on from there and I got another MMA fighter who was um, Jamie's uh, who was the kickboxer I trained first. He was Jamie's friend. And it kind of, yeah, that's how it started, from from one client, and it built up to um, to Mono. How did you start figuring out how to design an effective strength and conditioning program? What's your what's your philosophy on, and I'm sure it's different with each client, but well, what are you trying to achieve with a fighter when you're working on their strength and conditioning? Um, well, first of all, with any client, whether they are fighters or, or any other athletes, I just see um, how they move. I want to see how they move and um, just correct any, um, any wrong patterns they have. So if there is anything wrong in terms of their posture, I'll correct it first. And it, it doesn't mean that they're not going to have a good workout, but I wouldn't load someone, say, for squats or deadlifts if if their posture is not there. So this is the first thing I look at right. correct. And um, I, I'm a huge believer in strength training. Strength training, first of all. I don't do much power endurance with the guys because this is what they get, um, to be honest, during their sparring sessions or during their fighting training. We focus mostly on strength. Um, so it's... It's basic moves. It's squats, it's deadlifts, it's strict presses, it's weighted pull-ups, um, all stuff like that. Plus, further down the line, we do some Olympic lifts and some other fun stuff. But it's it's all the basics I believe in, and um, and for most of them, the basics work best. So we don't do much right. fun stuff you see on the Ultimate Fighter, like. Um, I don't know, hammer, tire strikes, or anything like that. It happens for fun, um, um, closer to the fight, or it doesn't happen at all, depends what I think. Uh, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it's basically strength training mostly. I just make them 
um, I just make them strong. We have certain standards I want all of them to achieve, and once they have the standards, then we play around. Now, so uh, have, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, I'm saying, um, how do you address fighters who still have that old school way of thinking that if they lift weights, they're going to get too bulky and too slow? And how do you address that if you've ever come across that with any of the fighters that you've worked with? Do you know what? I'm, oh, um, it never happened <laughs> to me, to be absolutely honest. Maybe because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly small and fairly strong for my size. So um, I... I I was very fortunate that the guys believed me from the very beginning. And, um, and I'm actually, to be absolutely honest, I'm not too good making people big and strong. I'm actually much better making people smaller and stronger, which uh, most of the fighters, that's, that's what they want because most of them need to cut weight. Um, right. So, right. yeah, I, I never, I honestly, I never came across any problem like that. I get it with mm. female clients, but then I'm not, the right fit for them, I guess, if they if they come across being worried about getting bulky and right. so because if um, I'm trying to be a good ambassador myself, if they look at me, they think I'm too bulky, then well, sorry, <laughs> um, I'm not gonna make you any smaller. So yeah, okay. I'm um, curious with how you dealt with with people taking you seriously because a lot of MMA guys are, they're not going to want to work with a female strength coach. They're just going to think automatically, ah, she doesn't know what she's doing and I'll, I'll, I want to pick a guy because I think he'll be better. So I'm wondering if that's something you've had to deal with where you have to prove that you're worth taking on or are you at a stage in your career where it's like, look, I'm established, I've got things going on, so if you don't believe I'm the right fit, just move along. How do, how do you deal with that? Because I know that there's a double standard in the sense that women, women have an easier time working with other women, but when it comes to working with male athletes, have you found that there's pushback yeah. on that as a female strength coach? Um, do you know, it was the case at the beginning, and it wasn't only with athletes, it was with private clients as well. And mm. I, I, had a, I had a stage in, in my career that um, I was trying to prove that... Um, I'm stronger, that I'm better, that uh, right. I can do much better than other um, male trainers. But I'm kind of, um, um, I'm not in that place now. I don't need to be. But when it was happening, I mean, I ended up with split disc in my back because I was spotting the guys bench pressing much more than I can deadlift. And I was still adamant I can, I can spot them. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, at the beginning, definitely. Definitely, it it was a problem, but but then I tried to be a little bit of a butch for a couple of months, but it's just not me. So um, right. I kind of stayed true to myself, and you know, if you like me, you like me. If if you don't, then then go and train with someone else. And I think um, as you were talking, you both, and since you were talking during one of the podcasts, um, you are who you are, and you attract the right people. Um, if you stay true to yourself, but if you don't, then then you get people who are not the right fit for you. So I guess right. got the people who are the right fit for me, and yeah, and we work well. Now, what about things things you see that just irritate you about how people how MMA athletes are being trained? What what do you see that when you're watching these shows that just makes you cringe? I know, I know you're a big fan of wearing a gas mask when you work. Oh yeah, out. that that <laughs> drives me crazy. The guys. <laughs> 
spit into it. That's all they do. Uh, well, they're marketing now. What they've done now is Diego Sanchez had this mask on, right? Now, now what they've done is they've actually – the company is actually making these masks in, for fighters. You know, they're marketing it uh -huh. towards them rather than someone just buying it from some – I don't know where you even buy this stuff. They're buying it wherever and, and using it. And now, now, now they have these, these breathing impairment devices where mm. the theory is you impair your breathing and then you'll breathe better when you have it off and you have to perform. You know, that's the theory, which, is ne which has never really been proven. But people like these gimmicks. Oh, or, people or, love gimmicks. Yeah, yeah you know, or, the, it, or it imitates being at a higher elevation. I'm like, no. It's just, you know, put, putting a, walking around looking like Bane from Batman does not – you emulate the same thing, the same feeling you would get if you were to go to Colorado, Colorado Rockies or something like that, or to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado. It's not the same thing, man. It's, that would just that would be like if I walked up to Mike and I just put my hand around his neck and choked the crap out of him and say, like, hey, dude, this is good for your cardio. Okay, this, this is good. Yeah. What we're doing here, we're just we're just simulating what it would be like if you were going in, in New Mexico up into the mountains right now, dude. You're okay. You're okay, Mike. Just breathe, Mike. Just breathe. <laughs> Go to sleep. Go to sleep. No, no, no. There was, um, there was a video on YouTube. It was with that, um, I don't remember the name of him. There's a big BJJ girl, and she was training wearing a snorkel, and I think... Uh, sunglasses that were shaded so not only she couldn't breathe she couldn't see and she was on, on an airdyne and like man yeah right right just put on a blindfold and then take the same bandana and put it around your mouth it's the same just gag yourself with the ball from Pulp Fiction and then put on a blindfold and see if, yeah, that, exactly. if, see if that elevates your heart rate if you feel like Ving Rhames for a few minutes there and got the gimmick I'm going to wear a blindfold before I deadlift next time so I don't know where the bar is <laughs> <laughs> I just have to feel for it, hook up my grip. And Come on, Mike. Feel, right. Mike. Feel for the bar. <laughs> Too much Jedi but training, I man. I have know, a funny feeling. Out... I feel a lot heavier than normal. <laughs> if you take out one of your senses, all the others will work double as hard, Mike. Yes, young Skywalker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what, what, what do you see that when you watch these shows besides the mask and all that? Because, it, because you're very good at training. I've seen a lot of your fighters, and they look great. They have good technique. They're strong. They're fit. They're always just singing your praises. I mean, they can't stop talking about how beneficial working with you has been for them. So I'm curious that when you're watching The Ultimate Fighter or you're watching any of these behind-the-scenes shows, and you're just what are, you, what are you rolling your eyes at? Um, I mean, I just see a lot of crap intensity training. So I know right, the power right. endurance videos look cool because yeah, um, yeah. showing someone squatting or deadlifting or pressing or pulling all the time, it may not look as fancy as showing someone doing battle ropes, jumping over their friends or, I don't know, <laughs> uh, bouncing the med ball out of people, of people whatever. But it's, it's far too much power endurance. And there is a time and place for power endurance. It's not like I don't do it. And I have a couple of videos on YouTube which show power endurance. So I'm guilty of it. But I'm not going to take them off because it kind of shows the evaluation I went through. So right. I, I have a couple of, um, of videos with guys training topless and smashing bags and, and stuff, doing sprints. Um, so, so I think that that irritates me most. If if I can use the word irritate me, because to be honest, I don't care that much. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's just far too much power endurance and far too much right. fancy exercises that don't um, don't have much content to them. I don't they don't really do much. 
Um, and uh, with the fighters, what, what I found at the beginning, they have an incredible training ethics. Out of all the athletes I worked with, the fighters are probably the most dedicated and um, they are amazing in terms of the training ethics. So even if the guys come to the sessions hardly walking, they're so tired, they will still give it all. So giving them so much power endurance can actually be really detrimental and very dangerous because um, we have to remember they most, well, most of the time they do about three sessions a day and some of them are hard and they're being punched, they're being kicked. So, um, yeah, so if you if you give them the weights which they have to throw, push, pull, um, different things may happen if they do it at speed all the time and in fatigue state. So. Right. right. So you don't like you don't like the training where someone purposely fatigues themselves and then tries to do complex moves like Olympic lifting or or even heavy deadlifts um, or anything like that. Do you know? Uh, yes and no. I don't like that training to be done very often. In terms of right. if I do it with the fighters, yes, I do. Um, and I actually do something that can be quite controversial because there are times that I actually make them do Olympic lifts when they are in fatigued state. But if you think about what's happening in the cage, the guys have to make decisions, have to make complex movements when they are really fatigued. Mm-hmm. And right. this includes the nervous system, this, inclu- this includes the mind, this includes them being under stress. So what is Olympic lift? You have to do a complex movement and you have to do it fast. So you have to focus even if you, if you are fatigued. But saying that, I would never give them... I don't know, power clean when they are really tired. I would never give them power clean that is close to their 100 max. Uh, right. I would give them something that is close to their body weight or lighter, depends how, how advanced they are. But I still want them to be able to perform um, advanced lifts, even in fatigue state. Saying that, it's not something I do very often. I can do it every now and then, but it's not everyday practice. And this is only for really advanced lifters. So, talking about that, one more thing, because um, you get a lot of trainers who get fighters for training camps. So they have six weeks, they have four weeks, they have two weeks to prepare a fighter for uh, for a fight. And then right. what can you do? Not, not that much, to be honest. Um, unfortunate, I work, I work with the guys I train. I work with them throughout the year. So um, most of the guys I train, I've been working with them for three, about three years, so all of them are pretty advanced now, so I can pretty much do anything I want with them. Now, do you ever help your fighters out with their nutrition as well to go to coincide with their training? A, a little bit, a little bit. I give them recipes, and um, I have one of the guys I'm training, he just turned vegetarian, which uh, I hope there's a little bit of my influence there. Um, which he which he absolutely loves, by the way, and he's thinking about going vegan. Um, a little bit. I'm not um, I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't. Um, I help them to clean up their diet, but then they have to they have to check what works for them, what doesn't. Um, so I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm an expert that helps them a lot on that. Now let's let's get into that a little bit. You, you transitioned into a vegan diet. Let's talk about that because I know you made a bet with one of your one of your clients. That's how it started. And then yeah. you ended up sticking with it. You never went back. So how did that whole thing unfold? 
Well, uh, what happened? I had that uh, silly bed with one of my clients. You know, I'm Polish, so I I grew up on potatoes, cabbage, sausages, and pork, and all that stuff. Um, and I I liked it. I liked the diet. I didn't have anything against it. I liked my sausages and so on. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. you, you know us pretty well about the show. Like, yeah, I heard that about you. Look, there's a good reason why this show does not do video. Because <laughs> if we had video on this show right now, Mike and I are probably looking like two little schoolboys right now, snickering like she said sausage. She said sausage. Are you going to say something or should I say something? That's why my, my mic was on mute when you said that. I was like, well, mute button right now. <laughs> well, that is the right. show notes. Mina talks about why she likes sausages. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of one-liners, like, yeah, I'm Polish and I like my sausages, so, yeah. <laughs> you prefer, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she thought a court should be sincere. It was in, in the UK one time, and she was demonstrating an exercise, and she's like, you know, guys, I like it on all fours, and then a bunch of guys in the room are like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, happens. yeah. <laughs> 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 and it, it, I, I only say half the guys were because, again, this is the UK, and you know most of the people play for the other team out there. So you know, <laughs> so the other half are like, well, you know, if Mike were demonstrating that, we would have been more excited. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um, oh god! <laughs> okay, so back to the sausages. Okay. <laughs> Back to vegan diet. <laughs> Back to vegan diet. Okay, so, well, I'm, I used to train a guy. He moved away now, unfortunately. He was one of my favorite clients. Awesome guy. And um, he um, he's a vegan. So we had a couple of sessions when he was complaining. He wasn't performing very well. He was talking on and on how weak he, he feels and so on, blah, blah. So um, any time I was trying to confront him about it, he said, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about because you eat meat, I'm a vegan, and, you know, all that talk. So we had a bet. I said to him, okay, I'm going to be a vegan for um, whatever time. And he said, oh, yeah, you're not going to last a week because, you know, you're so used to meat. So I said, man, make it a month. And... Um, yeah, and that's how it started. And I honestly, for me, it was a very easy transition. Um, saying that it was slightly different probably than to a lot of people because I don't usually eat um, pasta, rice, or bread. So I had to become quite creative with my cooking because, uh, um, so yeah, I bought a lot of cookbooks and started preparing a lot of stuff. And I loved it. I never looked back, and I I feel great on it. And it was over two years ago now, um, and yeah, loving it. Yeah, it was just a good fit for you because a lot of people have. Even myself, I talked about it on a, another podcast I did the other day, where people asked me if I just went right into the vegan diet or if I, did I transition slowly. And I, I went through a fairly slow process, and it took a while for me to figure out how to dial things in. Once I dial things in, it was just a question of fine tuning it. And I think a lot of people have that experience. You're, you're definitely an outlier from what I've seen over the years where you just went from eating meat and potatoes and sausages <laughs> right into sausages, eating a yeah. full-blown vegan diet. You do great. Yeah, you perform at a high level. You feel good on it. You're not going to last two years if you don't feel good. You know, that's the great thing about those of us who like to work out is we know whether what we're doing or not is working. You know, whether it's exactly. a vegan diet or paleo diet or or, or the sincere Hogan diet, you know, which is basically <laughs> eat what you want, what I want. You know? and, uh, and, uh, 
we know that because because we work out, if we're getting if we're performing better each week, then we're onto something. If we're weaker every time in the gym, then and you, and you just try to rationalize that somehow, you're totally in denial. That that's the great thing about working out hard, is that it really lets you know whether other factors are working. Yeah, but do you know what I've noticed about uh, vegan diet? One thing I've noticed, um, like for myself, uh, once I've noticed my recovery was hell's heavens better. Honestly, mm. it was it was amazing how it changed. But um, I've also noticed I was I became much more sensitive to junk food. Uh, and mm. when I say junk food, it's probably a food that it's not junk for other people because I never, believe it or not, I never had McDonald's in my life ever. <laughs> my parents never allowed me when I was a kid and I never had any. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't eat but After like two months of of following vegan nutrition, I couldn't eat anything but because it really, really affected me. And even now, after spending four days at home, where my parents are feeders, so they kind of came into terms with the fact that I don't eat dairy and I don't eat meat, but um, still my mom just cooks some awesome stuff which otherwise I wouldn't eat, and she makes it vegan, and you just feel like like a goose being prepared for foie gras, it's just easy. <laughs> and after four days, I really, really struggled training this morning, really, honestly. So, so yeah. Um, you, tra- you transitioned well, though, because the mistake a lot of people make when they try to do a vegan diet is they, they eat a lot of fake meat, and they basically yeah. try to replicate what they oh were gosh. eating. It's like, okay, I'm going to go from hamburgers to fake meat burgers. I'm going to give up. Tofurky and, and, <laughs> exactly. and, and, and vegan chicken nuggets. I'm like, come on, dude. First of right. all, just regular chicken nuggets are bad. Why, <laughs> yeah. would, you wanna, why would you want to emulate that? I'm like, what does this meat call Satan? What is it? Sa- okay, it sounds like Satan. Yeah, do I really want to eat some of this? I'm like, that's telling you something right there. Okay. But, no, and Satan is like the worst part. It's like oh pure my wheat gluten. How good does that sound? Do you cure wheat gluten? It's like 100% wheat gluten. Uh, yeah, but, that, no, not, no, that doesn't vital. sound good to me. No, Mike, yeah, it's I don't even wheat. know what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I never had it. Don't no, worry um, um, I think a lot of vegans, and I think like you, Mike, did turn into a vegan nutrition because um, uh, for ethical reasons, wasn't it? Right, um, right, right. Now, now with me, it wasn't for ethical reasons. I just really liked it um, in terms of ethical reasons because, I mean, I still wear leather shoes. I wear leather, but um, it, it kind of started coming it's along the way. So the more information I get, the more conscious right, right, I'm right, about. Right. Like, I wouldn't buy myself another leather jacket, let's say, this way. So it's still, I'm not there yet, but... Um, I'm in the process of getting there, and I probably will at some point. So I I didn't, um, I think I, I looked at the vegan nutrition slightly different way because um, a lot of people, and most of people, to be honest, started because of ethical reasons. Um, they kind of look at it, health goes slightly into the background because they're more concerned about Right, affecting right. animals and so I, yeah I think if you if you get I actually I actually got a couple of emails from um, from some guys having really really huge problems on vegan diet and actually putting on weight one of them was a fighter 
um, he did put on weight, um, not a good weight, when he was on vegan diet, but he made all the mistakes most of people do. So he had like fish-like cakes and lots of pasta, lots of rice, um, and so on. So yeah, that's that's gonna happen. Usually people start over overeating on carbohydrates and not enough fat, not enough protein. Yeah, I had like the opposite experience, but basically what I come to find out is that. Um, again, there were certain foods that didn't sit well with me with the diet, and I was having a hard time just with recovery. And I had to really start dialing in and finding out what foods worked best for me. And once I realized, first of all, like legumes, and first of all, I started with legumes. Legumes really were an issue. It's something I have to have in very, very light moderation. And at the same time, um, it was also just looking at some of the fats that I, were, that I was eating was also kind of working against me at the same time. So I was kind of running out of options at that point, besides just eating straight up just vegetables for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it was mainly, it was about, okay, I'm running out of things to do here. And so by the time I went to see my naturopath, he's like, I would really, especially after we did all, all the tests on me, he's like, I would really like if you at least get at least three ounces of some type of animal protein in your diet each week. But um, what I come to find out is like once I really just kind of did the opposite and get, just started having like, Every now and then, just because my wife's Middle Eastern, so there's going to be times my mother-in-law makes food and she's going to have something with lentils or something like that. And there's a lot of dishes that I truly, truly love. Then I'm going to have that every so often now. And I have no problems like I did before. Used to, she would make something. I just feel like, oh, my God. Just like saying, like, the goose being stuffed, I feel like, oh, my God. And it wouldn't even be that much of a portion. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like somebody just, I don't know, hit me with a tranquilizer gun or something like that. So, And it really started affecting my sleep as well. And getting up throughout the night, I started seeing my skin was starting to break out. All the things, you know, so many people who get off meat, the reasons why they stop eating meat, those things were happening to me once I stopped. And So, you know, again, I would tell everybody, so you got to find out what works best for you. And the thing is, and I did this for three and a half years. And that, like Mike said, that's when you know it's an indicator. It's like my, my performance buckled, after, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, once I did that. And, this, I mean, again, it wasn't like I went and got the fake meats and all those things like that. In fact, that stuff was just gross. Just trying it the one time, like, that satan was just like eating thread. It was like I just tore a shirt apart and threw some barbecue sauce or something on it or some, you know, some butter. I don't know. It was gross. Uh, so, here, you were, were you still having dairy and eggs, or were you doing pure plant-based? No, it wasn't, no I was, I was over-lacto-vegetarian, so okay. Okay. I didn't go all the way you know, with vegan. And I, I, the one time I did was back in college, but trust me, I did that completely wrong. <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I'll admit, I won't even talk about that era in my life because no, that, that era, that dish, era was an era. era. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going to Taco Bell and having bean burritos every day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That's always funny when someone does that. They're eating like pure junk. This vegan diet doesn't work, man. I've had McDonald's French fries for breakfast. But you and know I've what's funny? Bean burritos for dinner. How come this is not working? <laughs> but what's funny, Mike, that wasn't even a, a vegan diet for me back then. That was a broke-ass college student diet. That's what that was, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, well, people in people in Africa are vegan, but not because they want to be. Right? Exactly. Because you know, they'll eat meat in a heartbeat if you give it to them. In fact, exactly. when, I, when I would go out there, my brother and I, Roger is a vegan as well, and, and we would go to a nice restaurant and not order any meat, they would look at us like we're nuts. They're like, what? You rich people coming here? You don't want to order this stuff? There's like, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't fathom that because right. they live off of basically maize and it's cornmeal and, and maybe some lentils. Yeah, yeah and, maybe lentils and, and bread and stuff like that, but they they would eat animal protein in a heartbeat if they could. Right. But oddly enough, a lot of those people are healthier than those yeah. out here who do eat a lot of animal protein and, 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 and a lot of sugar and a lot of processed crap. They're, they're, you don't see a lot of overweight people because it's not 
it's not really possible to get overweight when you're living off of one cornmeal a day and then you're walking 20 miles. I was about to say, and you're very miles back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Physical labor. You're not just sitting around doing something. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's big difference in lifestyle, and that that plays a big part in it as well. So right. Yeah, man. Um, like I tell anyone, you know, you got to really, you got to take some time out. Don't expect anything to work for you. Like, okay, oh, after two weeks, yeah, oh. I saw big changes. Yeah, because you're right. doing something different. Of course it's right. going to work. You know, just like, trust me, every diet works to an extent, right. Right? you know, for about five minutes. But can you, sustain this for, <laughs> can you sustain this for, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, ten? Exactly. You know, that's that's, when you that's the question. real test right there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And most people don't have the patience to do that. You know, that's the thing. That's why when people say to me, like, you know, at some point, Mike, it's going to be a problem for you. I'm like, really? I've been <laughs> doing it for 20 much. years. I've been doing it for 20 years. There is, there's not a whole lot in my life that I've been doing for 20 years. You know, so I've been doing that for 20 years. Well, and it hasn't been a problem well, yet. What's it going to be a problem? When I'm 80? You know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, Miss Cleo, can you give me the winning lottery numbers while you're giving these predictions right now? <laughs> Let me know when so I can make the transition. Is it going to be 10 years from now, you know, 20 years from now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I hear it all the time. I've had it when I started, when I changed, when I stopped eating meat and dairy. The first thing I've had from a lot of people is just like, oh, yeah, we'll see in six months. We'll see in six months. But, yeah, it's <laughs> still going well. Still going. <laughs> um, can I just say something? Because I, uh, you know, sorry, I'm a bit slow because I didn't sleep much, as I said to you before, guys, traveling. But um, I just remembered something about uh, training for fighting, what sure. irritates me most. Um, there is that notion that um, you, cannot, um, you cannot exhaust your nervous system too much. So a lot of strength and conditioning coaches doesn't want to load their fighters with a lot of weight. So when I say a lot of weight, I mean the percentage. So a lot of the guys refrain from loading the guys over anything like 65% of their wonder max, and they call it strength training, um, which is which really isn't. And I I had questions from guys. They were sending me their programs, and the programs were written down like strength session, and say it was 65% of 65% of one rep max times seven. And then 65% of 60% of one rep max times 10, and so on. And then when I asked them why they do that, because it's not a strength training, it's, right. I don't know, it's not even hypertrophy training. They were saying that, uh, yeah, they don't want to exhaust the nervous system too much. And, and the truth is, some of my guys, even two, three weeks before the fight, they still can lift 80% very comfortably and i'm not uh, i'm not worried about exhausting their nervous system at all the question is where are they getting this math from that's that's the equivalent <laughs> yeah, exactly. of, hold on that's the equivalent of, of yeah. you know that's the equivalent of you know as far as the woman that you must be with she must be half your age plus seven who the hell came up with that that sucks when you're 25 mike that sucks when you're 25, okay? That becomes statutory. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What, what, like, what if you're 18? You know what I mean? Like, like well, I'm 21, so that means... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, this, I, yeah, I love, I love these percentages, man. That's hilarious. 
so scientific they are. <laughs> of course. Hello. <laughs> but you're, but you're still, they're still worried about not burning out the nervous system that they're also not producing strength either. <laughs> you know? so, exactly. Like, like what right. they're worried about is coming through. It's like you're not, you're not, you're not helping anyone's performance. Like we're just banging out reps all day long. It's like, okay, like you said, they're getting a lot of rep work already, you know, endurance work and so forth. So to me, it doesn't, unless that's a limiting factor, because we've seen fighters who have bad gas tanks. So obviously that's something they need, they need to work on. But then we have fighters like the Diaz brothers, right? You know, sure. Nick Diaz has got cardio for years. I mean, he could probably fight 12 rounds, but, but, it's, but you're not going to fight 12 rounds. It's five rounds at the most if it's a championship fight. So him, him doing more endurance work at this stage of his conditioning really doesn't make any sense. You know, a guy no, like that would be better off with someone like you working on some strength, you know, get stronger so he's not so easy to just throw around because someone right. like yeah. GSP was able to just throw him around at yeah. will. And that seems to be his problem at 170 is that someone, like if he fights a guy like Hendricks, Hendricks is just going to pick him up and throw him around at will. Oh yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it was like Hector Lombard and, and, and Jake Shields. It was just like he right. was Tossing him around like it was nothing. Oh, that was painful to watch. Oh, man. my I'm God. It, it was like a, that was mm-hmm. painful to watch. It was like a two-yard <laughs> bully, you know, just beating up. Yeah. Just beat my, up my, dad did, uh, man, my dad never seen UFC before. He came in and just started watching it next to me. He was like, what's this all about? I was like, ah, oh, it's you know, MMA. And then he's like, this, this looks really one-sided. I mean, this guy, this white guy looks like he's getting his butt kicked. I was like, yeah. I was like, this, and he's like one of the best out there, man. But you wouldn't know if this is the first time you've ever seen Jake fight. <laughs> right. You would think that. He took this fight like on a bet, like, oh, hey, why don't you go fight the UFC this weekend? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. he had no answer. For, and, and Hector, I mean, he was gassing out quite a bit. But he's, too, he's known for that. He's known to gas. Yeah. You know, yeah, I texted yeah, yeah. you right before the fight. I said, you know what? I don't know. I think Jake could pull this off because Hector's going to, you know, his cardio has always been suspect, but damn. Well, yeah, he almost had that, uh, what was it, a, was it a triangle choke at the end? Or yeah. what, what did he, he was trying to set up something. Not, so uh, maybe if he had a little bit more time, he would have been able to set that up. Yeah, but... <laughs> you see, guys, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know how you can guess up being a fighter. I have no idea with the amount of training the guys do. Well, it's either through really bad strength training, so through more bodybuilding type of, of training where right. where the muscles are actually a little bit too big and not and used And that's the thing. To, yeah, yeah. Or, or through some substances and, and right, right. right, which is usually both, which go you know hand yeah. in hand, you know, well up until now. Now they ban TRT, but you would look at someone like Hector Lombard, who is just all muscle, and then you look at someone like Alistair Overeem, who looks like an action figure, you know, and right. of course his cardio suspect. Get him into the third round if that even happens. It's not going to happen, you know. Where so again, and then it's, someone like Kane, who looks a little bit soft, who's got. Crazy endurance. I mean, yeah. he's all day long. You, but yeah. you no, know, Kane, Kane has a way better physique for for MMA actually. But I mean, if you're if you're someone who's not a fan of the sport and you're just you're just looking at fighters' physiques, you're going to look at Over and be like, wow, that guy must be the biggest you know, badass in the whole yeah. thing. And you're going to look at Kane and be like, oh, that guy looks a little soft. Like you know, his diet's not that great, or maybe he's not working out that hard. But Kane's fit. And he's not he's not ripped, but he's definitely fit. You know, right. and he, yeah. I, I've never seen a heavyweight who can. I mean, when, when, when only... Kane fights, he fights full on for five rounds. And he's not even breathing that hard after the fight. I mean, he, when he fought Dos Santos, I mean, he kept the pressure on for five rounds. Like, like the way a lightweight fighter would. It was crazy insane. There was only one that could even somewhat be there, and that was Brock Lesnar. But Brock's a freak. Right. He's a freak. He's a freak of nature. You know, he's an anomaly, man. You know, the thing is, and, you know, he has that really extensive wrestling background. So those guys have a different mentality. Oh, you know. that's a tough. Yes. 
Yeah. So, so, they have a no, no quitting attitude because when you go through those tournaments, you're doing multiple tournaments throughout a day there. So, right. you know, sit there, you're trying to go for what, 15 to 25 minutes on the ring. For those guys, it's like, okay, that's a cakewalk compared to what they right. went through growing up wrestling since they were probably like, what, four, three years old up right. until now. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a difference with it goes. Then you have to cut weight so you feel like crap half the time going into oh, these yeah, tournaments. Yeah, you're exactly. not even feeling at your best because of all the weight cuts you have to do and so forth. So, I mean, yeah, wrestlers are very mentally tough. Exactly. That's why someone like Tyron Woodley, is he's on oh, his way man. up, man. He looked, he looked great against Carl oh, yes, Sunday. Right. I, I, think, I think he's probably still a little bit. Do you know who Tyron Woodley is, Sabino? No. He's a guy who fought Carlos Condit. I don't know if you saw the last UFC this past weekend. Well, since, but, uh, no, no, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, who did he fight last time since the year? Tyron fought. Oh man, I I forgot oh, who it was. And he went. He kind of knocked. I mean, he knocked him out. I mean, he sold. Yeah, he fought Nate Marquardt. He fought Nate. No, no, was, was he a, got he got knocked out by Nate Marquardt. So that was mm-hmm. that, that was back in the strike force. force. Yeah, but not Tyron fought. He fought. Oh, he fought. What's his name? Josh Koscheck. Oh, Koscheck. Yeah, but he just yeah. owned him, man. But. Yeah, you know, I, I think that was I think that was a crossroads fight, if you, if any. You know, I think it was yeah, kind of yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah, moving yeah. up, you're moving down. I'm exactly. I'm rising up, and you're leaving this organization type situation. But taking out Carlos Condit was no joke, and I, I was kind of disappointed with the lack of respect Tyron got because Rogan's like, oh well, you know, he lost. He Carlos lost because he got injured. I was like, yeah, he got injured because Tyron took him down so hard, and then exactly. he kicked him so hard that he <laughs> spun around on the foot that didn't even get kicked. And and, right. and 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 injured his knee, I think. I forget exactly what happened, but I mean that that wasn't like a freak event, like Anderson Silva fight or something like that. He exactly. Tyron put the damage on him, and that's why he took him out. <laughs> so that was a legitimate win, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm just looking him up now. He looks scary. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's he might be a little bit too muscular, in my opinion. I think that that's why he starts gassing towards the the later rounds. So I think if he wants to make it to Championship, so championship level, round, I think he yeah. would probably want to take some of that size mm. off and just improve right. the conditioning a little bit. He's probably choose another weight category. Strength is already at a high level. I'm just guessing, looking at his physique and his wrestling background. Or like great. he could, he could go to another weight category. You know, like Anthony Johnson. I don't know why it took him getting cut from the UFC and coming back for him to realize that he belongs at 205. Okay, here's a guy can never. I mean, he had a hard time making weight at 170, 185. First of all, he's walking around. I think usually around about 220, 225. So the weight cut all the way down to 170. Like, dude, that's misery right there. So it, it took him to, like I said, pretty much to get fired and get hired again. And then he realized. So he's coming up in this next fight at 205. Like that's where he belongs. And so right. you have to kind of make those decisions. Like Tyron is the same weight. Maybe it just depends, you know, what the weight cut is like. I don't know exactly what it's like for him or whatever, but when you start gassing around that third round, it you right. know, starts coming to question, maybe you need to move up, you know, you need right. to move to the next category. Maybe you need to be in 185. So. Right. Right. Well, Guys, talking about the weight cut, I mean, I don't know how it is in America, but I know, I mean, I like the guys, uh, they're walking around weight. Yeah. I like it to be only 5% above their fighting weight. I don't want them to be any heavier. Right. Because then the weight cut takes a lot yeah. out of them. Some of the weight cuts are ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, Aldo just suffers, man. He just goes to misery, at, you know, at 145. So, definitely, he'd probably do a lot better at 155. Even Dana's even said that, that you know, maybe he needs to just move up. <clears throat> so, because, like, again, he's another one of those guys, you just watch him on some of the videos and pull him up on YouTube. He just looks like somebody just ran over his cat, you know, the entire time. He's just like, gosh, dude. Like, here's a hint. Move up. Why go through all that misery? Why do that? Especially <laughs> as you get older, because the recovery sucks even more as you're getting older as a fighter, oh, doing yeah. those type of weight cuts, man. It's just, it's not fun. Not fun at all. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Christian Bale, the actor, in a totally different context, but Christian Bale was talking about how when he was younger, he could do these mad weight create, uh, weight losses and increases. Like for that movie, The, the Machinist, where he right, was right. totally malnourished. I mean, he, was prob- he probably lost like 50 pounds or something, weight, probably more than that, like 100 pounds. I mean, he was totally malnourished in that movie. That he looked scary. totally sickly. Yeah, it was scary. Straight away, wasn't it? Yeah, he did Batman after yeah. that. He yeah. bulked up for Batman. He was, he was pretty yoked out in Batman. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's gone there, and then he lost a lot of weight again when he did that movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg, The Fighter, and uh, was oh, it The was Fighter? Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And, then, and then and then he bulked up again for Batman. So I mean, he he goes up and down. But he said that for this last movie he did, American Hustle, where he got he put on a bunch of fat and he had a big belly mm-hmm. and everything. He said it took him a long time to get that weight off. He said normally he could get that weight off in a month two months at the most. He said four or five months after, he's still working on getting that off because he says as he's gotten older, it's not only as he's gotten older, it's because he's done those extremes so many times. Right. It totally destroys your endocrine system, man. Your metabolism gets totally out of whack. You can't, you can't keep doing that. That's why these dieters where yeah, the they lose weight, dieters. they gain weight. They lose weight, they gain weight. Eventually, it gets to the point where your body's like, screw you. <laughs> nothing's going to happen anymore, but we're just going to hold on to this weight whether you like it or not. And it becomes exactly. harder and harder to lose the oh, weight. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're better off just losing the weight one time and then keeping it off rather than, and this is easier said than done, obviously. I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish how difficult it is for some people with this, but you're better off just losing it one time and then you know, doing the lifestyle accordingly to keep it off because those yo-yos are terrible for you. Well, I mean, one thing about the yo-yo dieting, the one thing that's not being addressed is the stuff that's going on mentally and emotionally that's making that yo-yo dieting happen. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. that's, that's, you can yo-yo diet all you want. You can get all the surgeries that you want. But <laughs> yeah. until you, the, the first surgery you probably have to get is brain surgery. You've got to understand <laughs> man, what's, what's going on in right. your head that's causing right. this, this emotional roller coaster going up and down. And you now look to food to being your best friend and the person that you turn to. And the thing that you turn to or whatever when things are not going the way they should or the thing that you turn to when everything is turning out great. You know, you're celebrating with food. So that's, it goes beyond what you can buy in a bottle and goes beyond what you can lift in a gym as well. So that's it's true. Or you can do the Polish method, sincere, which is they don't have a word for depression out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, that, like, that's that's <laughs> correct, sincere. Like Eastern Europeans don't believe in depression. They're like, like, depression? Dude, like have that? you seen Therapist? our history? Yeah, therapist, that, that's, yeah. Like, that's like a chuckle chuckle. Yeah. It's like, is there, is there, are, there, are there any therapists or life coaches in Poland, Sabina? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, when I was a kid, I, well, if I had a Sorry, I'm going to say banana now, but that's the only fruit that comes to my mind. If I had a banana once a year, that was it. So, you know, you don't get depressed. I'm no, like, let's talk about your topic. Yeah, yeah, no, I was saying, I said, you want to talk about, you know, how do you deal with depression? Like, okay, let's do a little history check here. Let's go look at, you know, what went on at the time yeah. that you were growing up, Sabina, you know, during that time, especially like during the 70s and the 80s with exactly. Solidarity and Lequilenza and, and all these things like that. So like, that's how you deal with depression. Right. <laughs> so. I'm, curious what, I'm curious what sticks out most about, because you grew up in communism Poland. So I'm, hey, I'm curious yeah. where you, you were forced to learn Russian in school and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And right. it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like you're 65 talking about no. growing up in a communist state. No. You know, you're, a young, you're a young lady, so you grew up in Poland during communism. What really sticks out most about growing up during that time period? Do you know, it was, in a way, I mean, obviously, it, it, they weren't funny times, but I was a kid, so I just remember certain funny things. Like, for example, sometimes when you, imagine you calling people, you using the phone, and as you 
use the phone, you can hear the voice saying that this call is being monitored. This call <laughs> is being monitored. Or wow. simple stuff, like you see like huge lines, huge queues, and you think, Jesus, what are these people queuing for? And it's just simple stuff like toilet rolls or, yeah. <laughs> so there was nothing in the shops there, nothing. Um, and... Um, um, yeah, quite quite different times. I mean, I look I, at my I hometown. I don't think people changed. over here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say. I, I think because you know, you and I have had this conversation before, where Americans like to say, "Oh, you know, Obama's a socialist, and America has become it's America's a socialist country now." I was like, I don't think you guys know what socialism is. <laughs> you need to look. You need to look it up. Man. I don't think well, we know what communism well, really what? is. Sabina just gave us a clue right now that here's yeah, the difference. Exactly. At least when she picked up the phone, they said that the call is being monitored. Hey, NS hey NSA, are you telling us? You know, when we get on this call, did the NSA say, oh, this, this show is being recorded? You know, no, it yeah, does not it do is. that. At least, at least they have enough manners to not tell us that it's being recorded. <laughs> to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's monitored, and you don't even know about that, you know. So not that much has at least, you get a, at least you get a warning, you know, over there, whereas here they don't tell you at all. It's just... They just record this stuff and use it against you later on, you know? No, but I just remember, guys, I mean, yeah, I mean imagine when we had the time, then if you left your home after 10 p.m., if you were caught on the streets after 10 p.m., you could be arrested for conspiring against the government. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Imagine that for someone like Mike. Mike probably wakes up at the <laughs> like that, yeah. No blackjack for you. No, <laughs> no blackjack, yeah. Mike. It's going to be rough for me. I mean, I, I mean I'm just getting, the fun's just getting started at 10 p.m. You know? The only thing I'm conspiring for is a good time when I go out at 10 p.m. <laughs> um, but I was I was listening to one of the podcasts not such a long time ago, and uh, they were talking about different types of initiation for young men and women in different tribes in Africa. And, and they were explaining why people are so tough there, and that includes uh, like marathon runners, best marathon runners are from Kenya. And they came into a conclusion that it's all because of all the initiation processes when they bring the boy into adulthood, which are horrible. I, I'm not going to even talk yeah. about how they look sure, like yeah. because I wouldn't be able to talk about it. But they, um, they teach them toughness. And I think a lot of people nowadays are very comfortable, which is not used to feeling comfortable being uncomfortable. And, right. um, yeah, right. I, I think that's, that's the main problem. But um, not for us, people who train, because we are used to feeling uncomfortable and being comfortable with that. But, uh, but yeah, but for most of the guys, I think, in, in highly developed countries, um, any small problem can become a big problem, and that right, results right. in depression. Plus, you know, in UK we don't have much sun here, so that results in depression as well. <laughs> that, that, that's a serious understatement. I don't think I've ever seen the sun the whole time I've been out there. <laughs> I've only, I have to look at my phone and pictures of my backyard to remember what the sun looks like when I'm out there. I'm like, blue sky, that's what it looks like. Oh, I wasn't, you, you, you go to the UK long enough, you start wondering if, if being in the sun and blue skies was just part of your imagination. It's like, maybe that never happened. You know? It's the matrix. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is reality. Maybe that sun never existed. 
all these pale, ghastly people walking around. Maybe this is reality. <laughs> Come on, wait a minute. Oh, my God. He's yeah. like, wait a minute. Even that black guy's pale. Okay, yeah. It wasn't real, man. It wasn't yeah, real. CJ's touched the light. CJ. That, that explains this. <laughs> if, if CJ moved to America, he'd look like you sincere in like three months. <laughs> He's like, hey, I got a tan, mate. Like, no, you're really, you really that. brown. That explains everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ter- oh, Let's look at Terrence Trent, Darby, all these guys. It's like, where's your brown skin, man? <laughs> oh, well, not in England. <laughs> no, but I mean, we've talked also about genderism, which is this big deal right now, where actresses like Meryl Streep are trying to initiate philosophies, I guess, where men and women are, are treated exactly the same in every context, so that if you open a door for a woman, that's considered sexist now. This, this is the kind of stuff that Meryl Streep is putting out. And I'll preface that with saying I, I really like Meryl Streep as an actress. I think she's awesome, one of the best actresses out there, period. But I have to say this, this genderism stuff is, is, is pretty nonsensical. That's, and then I'll, I'll leave it to you to, to, get, to share your side, and then we'll discuss this a little bit more. What, what do you, what, what's your take on this whole thing? On the genderism, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> we'll get we'll get the woman's perspective here because a lot of a lot of women think sincere. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. A few uptight American women, most likely white American women, <laughs> think that just sincere and I are a little bit insensitive in this topic. <laughs> well, I I think I think it's a nonsense. I think there shouldn't even be conversations like that. And yes, we had Mary Street coming to Poland. I'm not sure if she came to Poland, but she talked about Poland, and she said, like, we are so behind the Western world if we haven't taken care of genderism still. And I'm just like, honestly, really, is that such a big problem? Well, my take on it is this way. Um, I don't like discrimination in anything, but I don't think men and women um, should be equal in any... Well, equal is the wrong word, sorry. (laughs) Um, I think men and men... Women are women, we are different, and enjoy it and cherish it. I don't mind if a guy opens a door in front of me. I love when a guy carries my back, and (laughs) I honestly, I don't mind. (laughs) For me, I'm going to embrace different gender. Um, Yeah, I don't... um, well, I'll give, I, you, I'll give you a little input here. When I was in Lewis and Clark College, okay, I, was there, I went there for one year in between. I graduated from College of Worcester, but I was there for a year in Oregon. This is a super, super liberal school. All hippie chicks who haven't shaved their legs in 10 years, got uh-huh. hairier, arm, hairier, okay. armpits, hairier <laughs> armpits than me and Sincere put together. <laughs> right? And that's not even the worst part. I lived in a dormitory where the bathrooms were co-ed. Now, guys hear this initially, and they're like, oh, that's great. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not great. Uh, it's not <laughs> have, you great been to, have you been to a women's restroom in Vegas? You will change your no, mind, fellas. It's, well, it's <laughs> not great when you're in the bathroom stall, you know, doing number two, and a chick walks in and gets in the stall next to you to do the same thing. I don't need to know about that. No, that's way too much information. Okay? It's like you're, you're never going to look at her at the same. It's like every time you walk by her in the hall, you're like, oh, yeah, she's the one that was dropping a deuce next to me the other day. Oh, you better yet. Hold on, hold on. Oh, she's the one that's walking by like, girl, I don't know why you're walking like your ish doesn't sing because I, I know firsthand that it does. That's probably where this genderism is trying to take us, where we're going to have – we're not going to have male and female restrooms anymore. Can you imagine that? That would be. Going back, a, we're going back to the dark ages again. You know, it would be a total disaster, man. And I, I, I think what's happened is that 
Like the feminism movement is like a total retaliation to male oppression, which was real, no doubt about that. You know, male oppression in America and elsewhere, that, that's real over the last several centuries, no doubt about it. But now, but now it's becoming back to the opposite where it's, let, let's, in America, there's kind of a war against men, to be perfectly blunt, a war against boys where like anything that's male is suppressed. We're like, oh, he has too much testosterone. You know, that's, that, that's, and, and that's always said Negative. in a negative context. It's not saying, like, hey, that's positive at all. Like, you know, that should be a positive thing. Like, man, that guy's got too much testosterone. That should be, like, a positive thing you're saying about someone, not, not a negative thing, because it's totally misunderstood. So, like, if a kid has, if a young male has too much energy, which he should have, he's a kid, he's a young male, right? Of course he yeah, has a lot well, of energy. It's like, let's, get, let's get him on Ritalin or some attention deficit disorder drug no. because he can't sit still. It's like, he can't sit still because he needs some physical activity. Then he'll be able to sit still. Like, my, my uh, cousin's daughter was out here, and she's, she's a young girl, and she was, she's like that. You know, she can't stop talking. She's just moving a mile a second. So every time I took her to Mandalay Bay, and I was like, look, every time we come across a staircase, you and I are going to race up to, to the top. And at first, she's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. I was like, I didn't ask you if you want to do it. You know, I'm just telling you we're going to be doing that. You know, it's like, I don't know what you're used to, but, you know, this is my rules here. You know, I brought you here. We're going to be doing what I want to do. And so we, we sprinted up this the first time, and then she started having a good time. And then, and then it got to the point where she was running up it before I had a chance to. So we're racing up it. And then she was much calmer, man. You know, just, just a girl who's got a lot of energy, a healthy little girl, and she just needs to move, just like any – any young kid should have a lot of energy. You shouldn't be lethargic and you're eight years old. You haven't lived long enough you know, to be lethargic, man. <laughs> Talk about how tired you are and you're like 14. Like, what have you done? Why are you so tired? Like, man, like so something tired. apocalypse the whole day on my computer. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tired from playing. You're 12 playing. years old and you're beat. You know, it's like, all right, what are you beat about? You know? <laughs> like my joints are killing me. You know, I've just been putting my joints. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, but uh, the, thing, the thing about genderism as well is, uh, is because apparently it's, it is to fight against stereotypes. So I'll give you an example which is really funny. So the stereotype was that women are the best cooks, women are the best chefs, they should cook for their men. What's happening now? All the best chefs, or most of them, are men. So right. I've heard a couple of women on TV really complaining, like, oh, God, they're taking the cooking, what they're doing, you know, only men are better in cooking than us now. And I'm just like, you didn't want to cook. You wanted men to cook now. So why are you complaining, right, right. God? Jesus? Yeah, I was just about to you say know, that. You, you have women. Yeah, you have women to get so excited, like, oh, my God, he can cook. That's so sexy. Okay. Yeah. So, the women that are complaining about the chefs taking all the jobs and, and they're doing all the cooking, then trust <laughs> me, they, are not, they don't speak for the majority of women. Out there. You know how many women I come across like, wait a minute, you cook? You yeah, cook? exactly. Like, well, and, come on, and you cook well. Come on, we're not talking about putting a box of macaroni like, yeah. in a pot. It's just like, yeah, I do cook in, in more than just the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> or just more than just the kitchen. Let me show you my, <laughs> let me show you my secret recipe, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just... It's so, we're going to cook down here. Then we'll really get cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it's so funny that you, you bring up those stereotypes. And, and just to kind of turn this around a little bit before we head out of here. Let's talk about just the stereotypes of women just in the fitness industry. Mike and I talk about this all the time. They want to, you know, you have, we, we have so many women in the industry that come to us and they want to be taken seriously in the industry. But, you know, the thing that is like, I want to be, you know, I want people to look at me and respect me as a coach, as a trainer. But then you look on their Facebook page and two posts later, all I see are ass cheeks. Ass cheeks <laughs> are all out. 
ass cheeks, yeah. right? and, and, or they're taking, a, they're taking a selfie of themselves. You know, they want to show their abs, so they pull their shirt up to show their stomach, but they bring it up so high that you got a little under boob action going on right there. But <laughs> you, want to be, you want to be taken seriously. But <laughs> how like, many likes do you get? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. Well, now, here's the but question. Just, just, how many just, likes do yeah, you get? Yeah, for, go, go ahead. Here's, here's go a ahead. test. You do... <laughs> The same, the same females who we're speaking to in this situation post something about healthy eating or training or something like yeah. that. Or, you know, talk about a deadlift and this type of technique. And then see how many likes you get. And then wait about two minutes later and post one of those shots with your butt cheeks all yeah. up everything. And, you know, you're showing yourself doing those deadlifts, but you're doing it from a, a back shot, you know, right under the butt right there. And see how <laughs> many likes you get. And just see how effective, how you're being taken seriously in this industry. And that right there should tell you what you should and should not be doing in order to get respect in this industry. Because yeah. guess what? And it's usually creepers. It's creepers. Right. Look at some of the people liking That's your attract the right people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Sabina said, yeah. you're getting a lot of likes, but what are these likes adding up to because exactly. there are women I know who have 100,000 likes on their page, but they don't make a dime. They're, they're coming to me asking me how, to, how they can monetize it. And I was like, well, pff, the first, thing you need to do, first thing you need to do is attract the right people. You're exactly. just some good-looking broad right. where people are, people are coming to look at your photos. Right. Uh, the funny thing is I actually find it really, really common in the fitness industry. A lot of female trainers post their pictures like that, a lot of them. And I'm not saying it's bad or wrong because it depends what audience you want to attract. But, you know, if, if I posted anything like that, not that I ever would, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I definitely would attract some fighters, but for different reasons, not to trade with them. <laughs> right. Well, so, I, think, I think you have it balanced well. I think, you're in a good, I think you're a good example of doing it right because you don't downplay your looks. It's not like you're purposely trying to make yourself look worse than you look. Like, say, oh, I'm not going to wear any makeup at all, and I'm going to have my hair in a ponytail pulled back like I'm a – like I'm a, a, a ru- working in a Russian soup kitchen, you know. I mean, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say a I very poor college not. student, Mike, because that's the, that's the college student attire, the dorm attire. <laughs> I mean, you look, you look good in your photos. Everyone who sees your photos is like, okay, she's a good-looking girl. But I don't feel that you're putting it out there in a way that sincere is talking about, where you're going to attract the creepers. So I think that's why you're taken more seriously. But uh, how? Is that is that accurate? I mean, do you is that is, is that worked out well for you, or do you get your share of people on Facebook that you have to block and you know delete? Oh yeah, it? of course. Yeah. I think everyone gets people they need to block. Of course, <laughs> I I get some funny emails. Yeah, like can you choke me with your legs? I'll pay you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, come on, come on, come on, sincere. I told you not to send her that one. <laughs> <laughs> You could triple your income if you wanted to be like a, like a muscle woman dominatrix. There's a, there's a few women out here that do that. Like a friend of mine, Amber DeLuca, does that. It, you know, that, that, uh, that's a slippery slope, man, because once you're known for that, <laughs> that's it, man. You're known for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, before we finish, I actually, uh, one of my female clients, uh, she's a great fighter herself. Um, there was a guy coming over to London from Paris to the club where she works purely because he wanted to hire her for like half an hour only to choke him and he was willing to pay over 300 pounds. Obviously, she said no and her trainer said no, to which all the guys 
We're like, I'll choke you, I'll choke you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. 300 pounds for half an hour. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> now, there's a lot of creepy guys there. But... A good friend of mine in town, a girl he knows, she got an offer from some guy at a bank where she works. Some customers said, hey, I, I have a foot fetish, and I'll pay you 1000 bucks for pictures of your feet. And she refused to do it. And my friend was like, come on, why? It's just a picture of your foot. Shit, I'll take a picture of my foot and send it to anyone for a thousand bucks. And if long as my head's not involved, you can, I'll send you more, man. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. like, man, that girl got a big that's, feet. That's the only thing. Put a picture of my foot. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's women who are like you know, have these foot fetish websites. So I was like these broads are these broads are brilliant, man. All I gotta do is take pictures of their feet. It's probably not even their own feet. It's probably like other people's feet. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. But, I, but I think you've done a good job, Sabina, in the sense that you 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 are taken seriously. It's not like you're a good looking woman, but you're taken seriously because of the way you present yourself. So I think there's a there's a lesson for other women to learn out there who are trying to get into our business and want to be taken seriously. That it's not that you have to downplay your looks. I mean, we all we all use our look to some degree. If you don't look good in our industry, no one really wants to work with you. That's just the way it is. But but at the same time, you know, I don't I don't need to have pictures of me in a speedo, which no one wants to see, male or female. Well, maybe some male. Oh no, we do, we do. Maybe <laughs> more males than the wrong kind of audience that I want to see a lot. But I mean, you're not you're not going to be taken seriously either. I think I think it's doubly for women, where if you're just posting bikini pics every day, you're like yeah, everyone's going to look and go, you look great. But how many female clients are you going to attract? Probably not too many. And the only male clients are you going to attract are, are males, men that are trying to date you or get your phone number, et cetera. So it's, 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 either way, it's not effective. You know, if you, if you are a female trainer, you're always going to attract the guys who will not date you. Always. That's always going to yeah, happen yeah. at some point. But it's, right, right. it's the case how you handle that. Right. So but, but there are always going to be a couple. But, you know, they, they're not going to be your long-term clients either way. <laughs> Right. Right. They're probably not going to be a long-term yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, well, even, yeah. if you, even if you give them a chance, that probably won't last very long. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. I so, so. Then you have to start training them with the bikini on. And, you know, you know. Oh, God. So I saw the photos on your page of the bikini. I, I expected the workouts to be I, like I that. I thought that was your work attire. I, I, mean. I only saw a couple of um, – I think you've sent me a video of one of the um, – was she a figure girl or something like that working in a gym in Vegas? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Larissa. Wow. That's okay. She's 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 a fitness model, so that was she doesn't train people as far as I know. She actually owns a couple of restaurants here, and then she competes yeah. in competitions. She's got supplement sponsorships, so she, I don't think she's actually a trainer at all. But that that was a video of her working out in the gym for a photo shoot where she's basically wearing yeah. not wearing anything. And I said that to sincere as well. I sent it to sincere, and the only thing sincere had to say is. Why do I feel like the equipment needs to be washed off before I can use it? It's like, why do I feel like the equipment needs to be like, you know, cleaned out? You know? <laughs> my, yep, anytime I walk in that gym, a big 60-ounce bottle of sanitizer all the can time. Can I tell you something? <laughs> we have a guy in the gym like that. He wears more or less what she does. Uh, I kid you not. It's highly entertaining, but yeah. 
Sabina, where can people find out more about you? Do you have a website, or where, where, where can people connect to find out more about your training information? Um, yes, I do have a website. It's going to be changed soon, but um, at the moment is uh, www.cjscombat.com. Uh, and uh, they also can find out about me on Balance Performance Physio website. I don't know the um, the website address, to be honest, but if you Google Balance Performance Physio London, it's going to pop out. Um, so we have these two places, and obviously I'm on Facebook. I'm not anywhere else at the moment, but I'm getting myself to get on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just I'm very bad with social media. But I try to update my Facebook page pretty often uh, with training pictures, not necessarily myself or uh, the other guys I train as well. <laughs> and then you, you have some good articles on breakingmuscle.com too. So if people want to know more about your MMA strength training philosophy, they can check out breakingmuscle.com and then just put her name in the search engine and that will pop right up. And you, you're also working on a book. Is that is that getting close to being finished? Are you planning on putting that in anytime soon? Um, yeah, it's getting close to being finished. It's going to be the first part. Uh, we want to basically have three books out there. Um, one will be, um, all of them will be about strength and conditioning for combat sports. One will be purely about strength training. One will be purely about power training. And one will be purely about power endurance. So uh, the strength one is nearly finished. It's just the matter of me stopping trying to make it better and correcting it. But it's definitely going to be out before August. So, yeah, I'll, I'll keep Excellent. you posted about that. So. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, we'll have you come back on when that's done, talk more about that. Thanks again for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. On my side. You have, you have a great <laughs> evening, and yeah, we'll look forward to that book and getting you back on the show again when that's up. Excellent. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Thank right, you. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Again, that's our friend Sabina Scala. Check her out on Facebook. Check her out on BreakingMuscle.com. She's got some good clips on YouTube as well, training her clients. And for those of you that are just female out there and you're just thinking about getting into the business, definitely check out the way she presents herself because she's, she's been a trainer for a while. She's very successful at it. And she works with a lot of high-profile people who take her seriously because of the way she presents herself. So it's not like she's an ugly woman, and that's why she's taken, being taken seriously. She's a good-looking woman, but she, doesn't, she harnesses that in the correct way. So I think she's a great role model for a lot of women who want to get into business and but have legitimate success. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So there you go, folks. Thanks a lot to Sabina for coming on to the show. And before we head out of here, man, let's uh, t- take care of a little bit of business and let's get it going. All right, folks. So make sure you hop over to newwarriortraining.com, type in the coupon code LLA, and that will get you 30% off of the physical or digital download of my DVD, as well as 30% off of my Weight Management 101 course. Um, as a matter of fact, just as we were recording this show, I saw three people had already purchased the program. So, awesome. hey, man, join them and uh, might have a little something coming your way, you know, in the mail. So be on the lookout for that just as a way as me saying thank you. So, yeah, go ahead and um, use that coupon code LLA. And like I said, you can grab those products. And if you hop over to Mike's website, head over to MikeMuller.com, what will they get? Yeah, you can use that same coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements. Best testosterone booster out there, the best recovery oil for getting optimizing your sleep, getting that magnesium zinc, MSM in, and my Restorezyme to make sure that your joints are healthy and you manage inflammation and stay healthy and 
recover from your workouts way better. Such an awesome combination, those three products. I have, I have a lot of people that are buying bundles now. In fact, I think I'm selling bundles more than individual products. Because hey, that's the way to go. That, yeah, people realize the synergy, and I'm getting nice testimonials for people who are going, man, that testosterone booster is taking my sex drive way up. I feel like an animal in the gym. And then that Restorezyme's helping me recover so I can get more workouts in and crush it. And then that recovery oil is helping me sleep like a baby at night. There you go, man. That's what you want. Everything yeah. you want in a, in a supplement regimen is right there. Yeah. I think a lot of people are still really jaded about supplements. They've just been burned so many times, it's hard to pull the trigger. But there are things that work out there, folks. And I, I'm not going to sell anything that I don't use myself and that I know works for a fact. So definitely right. check it, my stuff out at MikeMahler.com. Use that coupon code. Get on our VIP list for that course in September. You know, we're going you, you need we're gonna go balls deep on the content. You need to go balls deep in your pocketbook and make sure you set aside some money to get out to <laughs> get, out, get out to our course in September. That's gonna be like the total catchphrase at the course in September. Hey, I already People told you. Be, the gym's gonna be like, All right guys, we need to we're going to do some bear crawls now. You know, some smart ass is going to be like, should I go balls deep on this? Or should mm, I? <laughs> not behind me, you won't. Yeah, you can. Go ahead in front of us, and that way we'll give you an atomic wedgie after your set. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it. going to be a fun one, folks. And again, just, just email us, mike at llapodcast.com, sincere at llapodcast.com, VIP. We'll get you on the list. We're looking at doing... We're looking at doing an official launch for promotion in May. You know, we, don't, we don't need to promote it this far out, given that the course is September. We're still putting everything in a row to make sure this course is going to be incredible, get the best location possible, get a nice hotel deal for everybody, check out the entertainment options. The Mr. Olympia is going to be in town that weekend as well. So there's going to be some fun after-party after options that we're looking to check out and get on some lists for as well. All right. So there you go, folks. So... Again, thanks to Sabina, and stay tuned. Got lots of great guests coming up. This this month is just going to get much better. And April's already done. It's pretty much booked up. So yeah, I think, I think we have like one day open for, for April before we start booking for May as far as I guess. So We're looking at getting Arnold Schwarzenegger in at some point. I'm not going to say huh? anything just yet, but that is in development and moving along. So there's a strong possibility we'll get the man himself, you know, Mr. Fitness on the show in the very near future. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be <laughs> badass. So oh. I don't want to say anything until it's like really official, but I'm just saying that 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 dialogue has been started, and so we're working it out. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, folks, we're going to leave you with that. Okay? <laughs> See you all on the next show. Take care, everybody. <laughs>